Bringing voices that rise above the rumors, complicating the narrative. A podcast from youth shattering myths about loss and trauma in violence-riddled neighborhoods. Hello, world. My name is Johnny Page. I'm the co-director of programs and partnerships for Contextos, and I'm also an author circle facilitator. Hi, I'm Dimitri. I am an author circle facilitator at Contextos and one of our podcast producers. Uh, we're here with two of our authors. I'm going to let them introduce themselves. What up, world? My name is Isaiah. Most people call me Zay. I'm uh, one of the authors from the book, and it's my first little uh, podcast interview. So happy to be here. Hello, how y'all doing? My name Duke Muna. I'm a participant at Contestos. So, Johnny, you were on an episode recently with Jen. Shout out to Jen from uh, Contextos El Salvador. And in conversation with her, you said something I'd heard you say before that I thought was really interesting. You said every gang banger is a gang member, but not every gang member is a gang banger. It's a Johnny Page quote. What did you mean by that? So... It's, it's funny every time I think about it when I hear it is gang banging and being a gang member is two different things right so gang members are what the world considers gang members are people who are affiliated right so if you're affiliated with a particular group you're considered a gang and by virtue of that a gang member um, gang bangers are active live action so when you when you think about gang bangers, those are the guys that they're part of that same group, but they enter all the other things that come along with the lifestyle, like with criminal lifestyle. So because gang culture in itself has been criminalized, so you may, by virtue of me being a p- affiliated, you consider me a gang member, so you consider me a criminal, right? But in a lot of the communities where where the culture exists. They don't view themselves as criminals, right? It's just the lifestyle. This is how they grew up. These are the people they grew up around. This is when we talk about Maslow and those hierarchy needs. These are the places, these is where their needs were being met. This is where they self-actualized in that culture. So it's no different. Like right now, the world is like, every, the world mourned the death, the death of Nipsey Hussle, right? And Nipsey Hussle at no point ever denounced Cripping, right? He was a rolling 60 neighborhood crip. He was a neighborhood 60 or whatever. I don't know the exact crip he was, but I know he was a crip and he, they rep neighborhood and he repped it and people, you know, saluted him. They celebrated right. him. Same for like Snoop back in the day. And, and Same for like Snoop, Mac 10, shit, baby, Lil Wayne. Mm-hmm. The list goes on and on with people who they talk about or their affiliations with these groups but no one is looking at them like oh he on you just when you hear their music you saying oh they just trying to be a part of something mm-hmm. um, but that's no different than some young some young kid jumping off the porch in a neighborhood he's just being a, he's going where his needs can be met um, but that doesn't necessarily mean that he's going to go out and commit crime right so a lot of times we, it's, there's this misconception about what that culture and what that lifestyle is like so people make assumptions based on Movies, televisions, and sometimes you know information that don't is not really consistent with people that's living it. So it's people talking about it versus the people that they that are living it. Okay, I want to talk to you guys about it a little bit. I have some questions I want to ask you guys just on that topic of gang affiliation. 
so of course the podcast is called complicating the narrative right which assumes that people have and we all do right we all have a, a storyline in our heads about why things happen the way that they happen and so my first question to you guys is what what are some reasons that people do find themselves joining gangs why do people choose to have these affiliations knowing what's attached to them in terms of the the broader culture and society why is it that people make that choice to join a gang Jay, uh I think most kids be joining gangs nowadays because, like, I mean, it really it really started like how it was, like, originally back in the day where most children wanted to feel like they was a part of something, a part of an organization where it's like, you know, you got, like, somebody that's a, a father figure or a big brother to you or some type, of, some type of leadership. And, you know, it's something you could thrive on because you're not getting that type of love or support that you would normally get at home in your, in your own household. And... It got so like I don't want to say misconstrued, but it got to a point where it was like so many kids got involved. Where it was like when you see like the one of the guys like who's got like a lot of money in the hood, or they got like some type of sort of like power or say so, and they could not necessarily control, but like organize and you know put things like together. Like say you see like. One of the big guys like driving like a nice car or he got nice clothes or he got his own crib and he ain't really, you know, working like a nine to five. Like, and, and that's another thing. Like, they, I don't want to say it's looked frowned upon like working a nine to five, but just the way that you could just get that fast money so quick, it was like, man, like, this is another way you could do it. Mm-hmm. And they not like really telling like the back ends of like what's really going on behind that as far as like what comes with that and unless they had to end up going through it on their own. But don't get me wrong, like it is some like some cats in the streets who do show like that father, big brother figure type, you know what I'm saying? Like footsteps that you could follow even though it's not probably sort of the, the correct path to go upon. But then again, you also got those guys who like just use that that type of leverage to like throw people off or just use them for whatever they, you know, worth is like far as like what they can offer to them, like far as like holding stuff for them or getting away with certain crimes because they know they ain't gonna really get caught for it. And it's just like a lot of stuff that play a part with it. Yeah, a lot of stuff that play a part to it. Uh, my opinion on it's basically similar to Zay's. You know, uh, a lot of other youth or brothers that came up in the streets ain't got no love at home, and they all they feel like you know they can rely on is the streets. You know, so me, or I'm going to say, I ain't going to even put me in it. I'm going to just say my my childhood friends, you know. Like, uh, when you got a, a mama that's a crack addict, your daddy in jail, and then you got your brothers and sisters that's looking up to you, you know, to put food on the table and stuff like that. All right, damn. And I, I'm not old enough to work a nine to five. All I got is the streets, you know, so let's make some of this fast money. And then... Going through them situations of trying to make some fast money, shit, you see all the all the other things that come with the streets. You feel me? And that and that, and that, and that caused you to get involved, you know. And like, there's some other stuff that like got like playing a part with that too, because you got like people that got like single parent households. Like your mama probably there, like you said, like your daddy locked up, probably a cracker, or he probably dead, or it's vice versa, or shit ain't near one of them. Then you just got yourself and just yourself, so you got to do what you can to like provide for them. So. That's another like main thing like far like why people be in the streets too is to provide for their family. Like they really like really taking like going full fledged hard for it is because they trying to support somebody that they got back home, whether it's siblings, 
or it's a child or whatever the case is they trying to find like some way to like support they so because like I ain't gonna lie, like it's hard out here, and like you said, like some people ain't even old enough to make it to like to a nine to five, or even get to the age where they can work a nine to five. So the only thing they do know is like to get it quick, and they ain't really, you know, what I'm saying the best way to get it, but that's the best option that you got that's presented in front of you. And so when you got that type of opportunity, you ain't got no choice but to take it. Right. So what I'm hearing um, both of you guys say when y'all talk about like how did you get, how do people get involved in you know, hooked up or become, you know, gang affiliated, right? It's more so not that you got, you came out to be affiliated, you came out to just sort of meet those basic needs, right? So you went out on the streets to sort of get the food, shelter, clothing, those things. And then and, and as a consequence of that, um, you become associated with the community or the environment that you're in. And based on that, you're um, affiliated or you're, you know, you're connected to whatever that group is that's dominant in your area making those things happen so for me thinking about it i always think about these questions right because um i'm from a different generation than both of you guys right so my generation was so we one we never called ourselves we didn't think we was gang members right we were part of an organization um so we came in and we came in we had this idea of organization um this organizational concept right it's how we defined ourselves and how we moved but in essence, you know, uh, people can make the argument, tomatoes, tomatoes, right? Organized, whatever it is, we were living a particular lifestyle. But we were, but our ultimate goal was to get out of the lifestyle, right? Like, so we didn't go into it saying, "Look, okay, we're gonna be on the block forever." It was like, "What's the fastest way from point A to point B?" <laughs> right? And so, and oftentimes, what happens is, the fastest way to point A from point A to point B has so many pit stops that it ends up being the longest route from point A to point B. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, that's facts, that's facts. I go back uh, to what Zay was saying. People be, you know, coming up in the streets, you seeing guys uh, with all this fast money, you know, cars, all the females, you know, they just play, you know, a big influence. And you on the outside looking in don't know what you know these brothers or these guys went through you know to have these type of toys or, or to live that lifestyle until you actually go through it yourself you know it's, it's one other thing i wanted to point out too right because we this assumption that um everybody that's that's hit the streets come from a particular lifestyle right so um y'all both gave examples of incarcerated parent substance abuse in the household but you know I came up with guys that both parents were at home and they were out on the corner with us. I was just going to say that. So it's not always like the broken household. It's about a sense of belonging, right? So when we talk about, we don't understand, you know, oftentimes we think that um, we're meeting these, we're meeting the needs of young people simply because we're providing food, shelter, and clothing. So in that case, their basic need, that need for food, shelter, and clothing may have been met, but that sense of belonging because their parents are working you know, they, their parents are living, a, you know, in order to afford them the lifestyle that they're having, their parents have to work. So they they have all these other things, but they don't have the presence. Right. And so there's sort of this disconnect. And then there's the power of peers. Right. So you're in your community, the power of the power of being around people um, and who you hang with every day. And you might I'm, me, me, Duke and they may hang out every day. And yeah, my, my lifestyle may my family may I might have a better household than Duke and Duke may have a better household than Zay or vice versa. And but we still hang out. We're friends. 
And Zay may get into some things because Zay got a different living situation. But because Zay got involved in it and because Duke and Johnny are associated with Zay on a regular basis, what happens? People start to see and associate Duke, Zay, and Johnny. And then that becomes how we're identified as this group. And I think uh, that's the part that grabs the headlines, right? When it, when it all goes wrong, the part where you're hanging out and, and just having a good time and building camaraderie and loyalty together, that part doesn't draw headlines. It's when things go really wrong, right? When, when you do things that are outside of what society deems acceptable and, and break the law, right? So that means violence, that means uh, il- other illegal activities. Uh, so my question is, how, how likely is it that someone can join one of these associations, a gang, and then not participate in that part? Is it possible to join one of these, one of these organizations and, and get a pass and, and be somebody who doesn't necessarily need to engage in that part of being in that gang or that organization? Well, now I say it's, nowadays it's easy to get in a gang. Well, I don't even think it's gangs no more anyway. It's basically groups, you know. Clicks, clicks, you know. It's a lot of sec, you know, a lot of people. I mean, a lot of things were stripped away from us, you know, that snatched, you know, the laws and the rules, you know, and the regulations away from us. So it it, it never down to to groups and clicks now. But what I was gonna say to you know, to get back to your question. Back then, uh, I, I'm pretty sure Johnny familiar, like, you know, in the organization, in the gang, everybody then had, you know, everybody had roles, you know. Brothers had to go to school, you know. Some some had to go to school to be lawyers to fight for brothers, you know, that's in the streets and stuff like that. Everybody had a rule. I mean, everybody had a role. So I felt like you don't, you ain't necessarily got to be on the corner slanging and doing a lot of stuff, you know, to be part of a, the organization. Uh I feel the same way because like I got like a lot of friends like if it's like different like type of you know what I'm saying like like Duke said type of roles that you play like of course you got the shooters you got the dealers but you also got the people who you know what I'm saying just be around in the mix and just can so happy just get caught up in certain situations without even necessarily trying to even be caught up in the situation just like Johnny said being associated with like certain group of friends you feel me say your homie like he be robbing people and all that you got a homie who be scamming you got a homie who be trapping. You know, you probably got a homie who be sliding. It all, you know what I'm saying, depends and play a part of what type of position, like, do you want to put yourself in or do you find yourself in being associated with those type of cats? But at the same token, you already know what come with because you already know what they doing. And at the same time, you can know what they doing and still not even, you know, necessarily be a part of that. But you is a part of it in a sense, like, I don't know how to, like, really put it in words, but, like, you ain't really got to, Get to like really get involved, but you always find yourself being involved because that's just what you've been around. Like, if you're around people who do certain things all the time, you're gonna find yourself doing it. Like, it ain't really no no way around it because if you ain't really on that type of time, then you ain't even gonna surround yourself with them type of people. You feel a lot of times this association brings about affiliation, right? So, you're just affiliated because you're associated. You come up this, and it's but the think of and it's crazy because when we think about it, so to your initial question, I came in when I was growing up, it was a little bit different, right? So, yeah, you it, it was very much possible that you can be um, hooked up or plugged in, as we would say back then, you can be plugged in and not be a part of all the other stuff, right? 
most of the time that's what was pushed, right? You knew who the people that was on live time, right? They was living a certain kind of way. You knew who they were. And then you had others that was you knew you knew what they were, but you didn't know they, they weren't involved like that, right? So because school you had we school was mandatory. So so when you think about but that association, it can just be by neighborhood, right? You can live in you can live in Woodlawn and be associated with this. You can live in Inglewood, be associated with that. You can live in um, back of the yards and be associated with it. Was just about where you lived, and that association brought about affiliation. So, because if it's for people identify me with this group because I'm with this group every day, I ain't on what they on. Like I got buddies that you know when we was coming up, when they go to get on their thing, we go the opposite direction. We already know what they on. We gonna get with them later. But that ain't that. Nonetheless, that's still my homie. That's my man, right? But I want to say something to what Duke said. Duke said when you about like it's like clicks, right? So all I I think about it the like the um, sort of history of particularly the Chicago street gangs, right? So it came from this idea of just groups, right? So you hit you know of course you're gonna hear a lot of folks from my generation. We're gonna uh, we have this revisionist view of history, right? We look back like everything we did was right. And, you know, the next generation is doing it all wrong. Um, we just came in at a particular time. Right. So if you go back, it started with groups, clicks, as they call it. Right. And then it evolved into the the the, the term uh, street gang is what folks on the outside call them. The people in the community never called themselves a gang. Right. They didn't say, oh, we was gang. We gang members. No, hell no. That was that. That was a label that was placed on them. And so. When you look at the trajectory or the history of it in in, refer, in reference to Chicago, so it was groups. So you, a lot of folks will say, well, you know, people got together because they had to protect themselves from outside people, right? That's the same argument that these young folks use today, right? We clicking up because, man, dude, them over here messing with us because we live over here. And so that's the same argument. So for me, it became these cliques or gangs, as they call became super gangs when you had multiple clicks because like now it's it's slowly going down that path when you have multiple clicks clicking together right mm -hmm. and so back then you had multiple clicks with gangs that started to click together and they became super gangs so that's when you have the dominant street group so when you talk about whatever the dominant street group a group b group c in chicago you everybody know what those groups are right so we're talking about uh, gangster disciples, black disciples, but those were all that uh, black stones, all that come out of that super gang mentality, right? So it was like one big gang of multiple groups, right? That combined and became this one group. And then um, folks moved away from the idea of gangs and saying, man, no, we're not gangs. We're, we're, org we're organizations. And so they became, and that just came by virtue of organizing, right? The fact that you can bring five guys from different neighborhoods with different leadership skills and bring them to, and they all coalesce to on, on one accord to be this one group. You That's organized, right? And so that becomes this level of organization, right? And which in turn becomes organized crime, right? The mm -hmm. way, because of some of the actions, some of the illicit behavior that was happening, the organization in itself wasn't, everything wasn't criminal though, right? You had, Guys going to school to be teachers. Guys going to school to be lawyers. Guys going to school to be doctors. You had the ballers, the NBA players, the football players. And then what happened? A lot of different things happened in Chicago, right? Um, a lot. Oftentimes they get brought back to like um, they say they snatch the heads away and all that, right? But it, what happens is it just it didn't it didn't um, it didn't evolve. It devolved, right? So mm. now that you don't have the organization, they go back to the element, the base element your neighborhood, protecting your group of friends, and you go back to that clickish or gang mentality. We don't like to use the word 
gang in Chicago for some odd reason because it associates to a, a you know foregone past, right? And and that was organized, hmm. right? So when you think about so when people when folk, you hear folks in my generation talking about man, them they, they ain't these dudes. I don't know what they is. They ain't gangs, right? Because right. they because we think yeah yeah, but they are. It's just people. Mm-hmm. They just using the language. They identify by the language that people identify them, right? And then what happens is they internalize that and they identify by that too. Hmm. But that's just my opinion on it. I was actually just reading about that too. Um, I was reading an article this weekend that was about when Irish immigrants first started coming here and they were treated very, very poorly. And they got together and, and did a very similar thing, right? It's, it's a, a human reaction to say, man, people are treating us really, really badly. Let's get together and, and protect ourselves. I think it was an article in The Root, and they were talking about how a lot of what became Chicago street gangs were in response to these athletic clubs, is what they called these groups, mm-hmm. uh, that were pretty much terrorizing neighborhoods. And they were, one of the things that they were doing was they were segregating Chicago. And so they were making sure that black people weren't moving into neighborhoods where they weren't welcome. And so that was what kicked off a lot of those skirmishes between different neighborhoods. And so when these groups on both sides got together, they ended up coalescing around that similar mission. And that kind of leads me to another question that I had. We talked about organizations, and I wonder what you all think of differences between what we've been referring to as gangs and other organizations that do unite for a common cause, right? So there are lots of examples. There are fraternities, sororities. There are workers' unions. Um, Some might say the police department, that they organize around similar ideals, but also... In, in other ways to, to have more power than they would individually, they, they get power through working collectively, right? So what do you think? Are, are there similarities? Will there be a day where perhaps what we consider to be street gangs become something else? What do you think about the, just those other organizations existing in the way that they do? Well, two things. The first thing being the difference is um, the I, I would guess you would say the overall involvement in, in the criminal element, right? Um, the other thing, the other issue would be for me personally, I think it's racism, right? So um, when you talk about the Irish and, and street gangs in Chicago or athletic clubs and, you know, mayor of Chicago, you know, so <laughs> you talk about like what happened, um, they were able to sort of blend into the normal culture, right? Even if, whether it be Irish, Italian, what have you, they were able to buy into the American system and blend into that system, right? Which, no matter what happens with, um, and even, you'll start, you'll see, you'll probably see more, I, I think mostly black and brown gangs won't, don't have that luxury because of complexion, right? Now, so that that plays a major part, and no one wants to admit that. Like right? that racism keeps it feeds it, right? It sort of helps feed feed it because the structural systems that are in play keep the criminal element in play, right? And this is you know so so when you when you talk about um, fraternities, the 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 embrace the the bond or the this oneness of like identifying what a specific cause is there, right? So fraternities have this; they people buy in they. They go through these ritual experiences, right, to become a part of whatever group that is, or whether it be Freemasonry, right? So there's a number of groups, but people go through what it is. They do what they have to do to be a part of this group, and they atta- and, and they see themselves, and they identify, and they move through, they see themselves through the lens of that group. 
so there's really no difference on that level. But I think the main part of it is is the overall involvement in criminal in criminalization, and because of the, the overall involvement in crime that's attached to members who are people who are are affiliated um, of color, racism is going to play a part as well because it's going to keep you this subservient position where folks feel like they still have to fight to get out, right? And so hustling begets a whole different, you know what I mean? Like, even if you look at it, Omegas and Kappas, they get into it, but they ain't shooting each other, right? It might be a fist fight. Um, but in Chicago, if a click on the north side, I mean, on the two clicks on the south side get into it, somebody may get shot. Why? Because there's access, right? So that you have this overwhelming access to guns and um, the social element plays a part of it. But most of it, to me, in my opinion, is two things. Um, criminal criminal behavior and racism. And not to say that you don't have Masons committing crimes, you don't have Chicago police committing crimes, you don't have fraternities committing crimes. So you, you have that, but it's this overall um, investment in crime or the thought that there's overall investment in crime. And, but a lot of it's based on necessity, not um, the organization itself being totally criminal or the group that they're part of is being driven by criminality. It's just that's, that's what they do to survive. And then in that survival, everything is a game. Yeah, I agree with Johnny as far as like with the uh with the fraternities and like street gangs, like the only difference between fraternity and street gangs, like Johnny said, is like street gangs you commit crimes, fraternities you ain't really you know what I'm saying, you ain't really on that type of time. And a fraternity, of course, it's like a street gang, you, you basically gotta go through like you know, a certain process that you gotta get in to either get, you know, initiated in or blessed in, whatever you wanna call it. You know what I'm saying? Same thing was like with like the mafia, you know. Well, they gotta go through their own little, you know, type of ritual that they go through and they little secret or whatever that they gotta get through to get initiated in. And some type of the type, of like group, whatever you a part of, you gotta go through some type of like, some type of initiation where it's like, where you showing your loyalty to that group. And that's where that, you know, that word loyalty, where like in a lot of these groups, it's like kind of a vague word because even though, you know, they talk like and try to show it to you. But like when it's like really kind of like certain situations and certain type of times, like it ain't really you know what it's all made up made out to be. But another thing you know too is like like you said like Chicago Police Department. I ain't gonna lie, in my eyes to me that's like a, a super gang. You know, government officials that's like a super gang. I hit it on the head. So you mentioned. I'm glad you mentioned the word loyalty. I was gonna ask you guys. Um, loyalty is a big part. Any of these orga- organizations that we're talking about, loyalty is a really big part of it. Yeah. And so you mentioned that you said that. Loyalty isn't always what it's cracked up to be. It's not always what you think it's going to be going in. Mm-hmm. What do you mean by that? What are some examples of? Because I really do wonder sometimes. Because I mean, people do a lot for their gang, their organization, yeah. right? And yeah. so you imagine that the payoff then is, or the reason for that, and then also the for them personally, what they expect in return is that loyalty. Yeah. And so my question is, does that is that loyalty a real thing? Does that exist? And it, does it always go the way that they think it's going to go when they first join this organization or this gang? Yeah, I was going to say, like, loyalty is like, it's kind of, it's like a rare breed to find, like, same way with, like, trusting, like, it's such a rare breed when you come across, like, you can't really tell nowadays because, like, everybody talking, you feel me? They try to, like, fake show it to you, like, we call it, like, showing fake love, you feel me? Like, they might do something for you, but whole time like they got a hidden agenda as to why they doing that for you and then might try to throw it in your face or bring it up like later on when like they probably in need of something or probably going through something you know and they try to like hold that over your head when 
If you're really doing this out of spite, out of love, you know what I'm saying? You ain't gonna really, you know, hold that over my head. You just gonna just keep it what we know what it is, and that's just what it is. But a lot of times, it don't really, it don't really be like that. And with these young dudes nowadays, well, I ain't gonna say young dudes. I'm young myself, but like people more like my age group and younger, you feel me? Like some of them like get misled, like because it be cats out here like trying to like show them them like they really like you feel me? Got love for them, but whole time they ain't really, you know, they ain't really got no love for them. They just Using them for whatever they feel like they can really, you know, get out of them. And a lot of times it be it be messing people's heads up because some people like, you know, really like stand on that, like stand on loyalty, stand on love, stand on trust because like I said, like like back in the day they ain't really seeing that like in the home or the household or they family period. So they just trying to find somewhere to like searching and try to like receive that. And a lot of times you really might think you receiving it, you ain't really receiving it. It's just they just trying to like put on the front in the sense. Yeah, like Zay said, man. But it's like I the trusting like so many people and you know got let down. Mm-hmm. You will start noticing it, you know. Like you will start peeping and seeing the fake love and kind of fine tune that loyalty and, sensor. Yeah, okay. and you will know when it's when it's not genuine. You know, you will know when it's genuine. You know, because okay. it's like it's rare. You, you you barely you know you barely like he said you barely get it. You barely find it. It's like you really through whoever the person may be, body language, like mm-hmm. so drawing off the signs and symbols, how they look and face expressions, how they move, you know, stuff like that. It show it all, you know, the body show it all. It just sometimes it's you get it's so many distractions in the in mm-hmm. the, in the city, you know, mm-hmm. uh, all of it go over your head. We talked about the fact that you get people join gangs because they're seeking these things that all humans look for, right? So they're seeking somebody to take care of them, that that love, that affection, that protection, also getting their physical needs met. So my question to you is for young people today, because I mean, I, you know, I've known 12, 13, 14 year olds when they jump off the porch and it, it's it's hard to come back from that, right? So my question to you is for young people and those who know young people, what can you do? Like, how do you convince someone who's in this kind of situation that the gang is not the move? Can you do that? I feel like, you know, I don't know because it's like, it's like, okay, safe sense. I'm a gang, I'm, I'm a gang member. I may want to stop. I might want to change my, you know, my way of living and what I'm doing. But it's like, you never know what this opposition may be having going on in this head. You feel me? I'm okay. I, I I drop it all down. I let everything go. But he's still on that. You feel me? Like okay, he see me in traffic or he he see me outside. He didn't he didn't he didn't, he didn't did something to me just because I thought it was over, but it ain't over. You know, it just got to be pride. You know, people got to let go pride. You know, and and and, and bring some maturity. You know, in it. Yeah, that's all it is. Like. I mean, when you was short, you like 13, 14, 12, you just hopped off the porch, like, you ain't really gonna, like, reel them in, like, as fast, like, somebody who done been through the, the ropes already and the obstacles, like, it's easy, like, for them to tell them, like, man, this ain't the way to go, this ain't the way to, you know what I'm saying, that you wanna be, you wanna go to school, you wanna do the right thing, but at the same token, we done been through that phase too, though, where it was like cats older than us trying to tell us the same thing, and if we weren't listening, and of course they ain't listening, especially with the stuff you got on at home, it's like it's kind of hard for like to like kind of like break that out of a kid, like because if they already got that mentality installed in them, that's just how they gonna you know how they, you know what I'm saying? That's how they gonna come up. Like I know like a lot of like a little stories like like nowadays like when I was like 
I'll say they age, and they was like, like probably like a, a little bit younger than me, and you know they seeing what we doing, and we seeing what the older guys doing. So we mimicking what they doing, they mimicking what we doing. Except nowadays, like they taking it way farther than what we taking it, or it's probably like to the same extent. Mm-hmm. So it's like it's kind of like it's kind of tricky, like with that type of like with that type of situation because. Like like I said, like if you already experienced and been through it, and you was that age going through that, you already know what's going through their mind. Like man, I ain't trying to listen to what he talking about. Like this is right when I'm on. Like I want to do the hot shit, or I want to you know I want to get to some money, or I want to be like how how big folks is or big bro or whoever you know what I'm saying. Whoever the man is, whoever got the most power, cause that's what most kids like to thrive off of seeing is like who got power and like. Who got the most Like I ain't gonna say The most money But who making some money Like mm-hmm. They probably might make it Make it seem like They really making Some of they self When They not knowing Like It's a it's a trap It's an illusion You feel mm-hmm. me Like And you don't really see Through the cracks Until like You already been through The obstacles and the ropes And it's like man Like You you had You don't wanna say You had that sense of regret But you had that That little voice In the back of your mind Like man They already told me What this was gonna end to mm-hmm. Cause you got like don't get me wrong, you got certain members who will tell you like ahead of time what's gonna happen, what's gonna go on. And if you hard headed, you you know what I'm saying, you're gonna go through it yourself. But if you like a real listener and a real thinker, mm-hmm. you know, you're gonna know how to navigate through that. You're gonna know how to, you know what I'm saying, do like certain things and become a certain way and a certain person. But it's certain situations and circumstances where it's just like, that's just what it is. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It ain't that you want to do it, but it's just who you have to become in order to survive. It's all about survival out here. You know what I'm saying? It's eat or get ate. I say if it was opportunities, you know, in the hood, it probably would be more easier to to to, to get gang members or or brothers that's really in it or you know some some people that's really in it. It's it it, it could probably could be more easy to change their way of thinking or their mind if it was opportunities. Like bro said, everybody on the survival mode right now. It's it's fucked up out here. You know, and barely get nine to five because you you looked at at a certain way. You feel me? You got dreads. You you, uh, you got felonies. You know, negative stigma. Back to the uh, goldfish central episode. You feel me? Like it's like it's it's barriers and it's obstacles in your way. It's things that's put in front of you. You just you know settle for less and rely on the streets. You know, so it's like it got to be opportunities. You know, a lot of opportunities. From not only the government, but from 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 big homies that's making money too. You know, for they can, cause you like, damn, big homie. If big homie got all this money and he's showing you, like, man, we, you could do something different. You feel me? That'll give you a better look on it than just somebody who ain't never been through what you've been through. That got money trying to help you out because you're there and that snake them like shit. Fuck them. You feel me? I'm from the street. You a backdoor them and shit like that. But if, once you see it coming from a motherfucker like that been through it and they got the money and that's showing you like man, let's change this shit. You will look at it different and, and then you got your guys doing it too. You feel me? Or you even if you do it because you can be a lead. You can be a person that's leading by example. You feel me? Because you, like bro said, you looking up to somebody and somebody looking up on the that's under you looking up to you. You feel me? So if you do it, you know, you can get a whole bunch of other motherfuckers to do it. You feel me? I appreciate you guys sitting down, taking the time after a long day um, to talk about what's going on and talk about gangs and affiliations and, and organizations. Hey, thanks for listening to the Complicating the Narrative podcast. We hope you like this episode. 
You can hear more episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and your favorite streaming services. Complicating the Narrative is brought to you by Contextos. Contextos uses the power of personal narrative to promote healing and reflection and to foster critical thinking and dialogue to provoke change.